Hello and welcome to another episode of Views of Love. Mm-mm. I'm your host, Marcus, and I have with me my pretty mama from Uganda. Kind of. What? I am. <laughs> oh, dang. And wife, Kisa. <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking about parenthood. Yes. So this topic came to my mind because a little while ago we were having a conversation where I had asked you if you minded watching the kids while I ran to do an errand. Mm -hmm. And remember, you were like, why would I mind? Like, I'm not watching my kids. I'm hanging out with my kids. And that got me thinking to times where I've listened to other podcasts and seen things on social media about that idea that dads are not babysitters, that they are parents too. Right. So I wanted to just discuss what does parenthood look like for us? So... I guess for me, and I, if I if if we're gonna kind of start with like parenting styles or what's formed our um, our thoughts yeah. on how we parent, um, I would explain the inf- well. Let me explain the influences on on how I parent, and I'll start from the beginning. So okay. I grew up with both my parents, my brother, up until about. Seven, eight, maybe nine. I don't know. Somewhere around there. Some, yeah. <laughs> One of those ages. Um, and, you know, life was good and all, but I think as a child, like, I was sneaky. <laughs> and <laughs> I liked Is that where our kids get it from? Um, well, they're not. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, I guess I just didn't want to get in trouble, which, you know, it makes sense. But I just know as a kid how I was and... Um, I was very impulsive and I was full of energy and, you know, things happened and you don't want to get in trouble for it. So, um, you just tell a little white lie. Yeah, it wasn't a little. Some, <laughs> listen, this one, <laughs> my mom's going to listen to this too. Oh, are you going to tell the mattress? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to. So when I was, uh, when we lived in, um, Panama, I, um, I don't know why I don't, I, had a strange fascination with, with with fire, and we lit. On <laughs> we meaning you and your brother. Me and my, me and my brother. I mean, really, it was it was, it was you, and he me. he probably he got coerced there. to be with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I lit the the mattress on fire. Well, I lit a spoon on fire. A spoon, like a, a metal spoon, a plastic a spoon. Plastic. Oh my goodness! But I like seeing the smoke and. Then I let it drip, intentionally let it drip on the on the mattress, and then it lit on fire. And yes. And then I put it out, but nobody knew what happened. And you what did you do? Fire. Flip the mattress? Yeah. So yeah. nobody smelled the no. smoke or anything, or they were gone for long enough no, that nobody my caught mom you. No, there. We I think so. Back then we had a maid, and um, the maid didn't catch the smoke or anything. I don't know what you were doing? I oh, don't know she was she a bad maid that she let you. You had enough time to light a spoon on fire. Let it drip on a mattress. Put the mattress out and flip the mattress and nobody knew. Oh, your maid should have been fired. Yeah, well, <laughs> didn't, didn't, I, I don't know. Um, she was a good maid. Just, I don't know where she was for that. Yeah, <laughs> she I just mean, wasn't doing her fire, job at that You know, fire, that spreads quickly anyway. So I, I really have no idea how long we were actually, you know, away. But whatever the case. So, <laughs> you know. I take that, but then I also look at, like, my background um, work-related 
you know, work-wise, I worked as a child care worker for nine years in various capacities. I worked as a group supervisor at a before and after uh, school program. Um, while I worked there, I was I worked with preschool age kids and um, students grades two through I think two through fifth actually okay. second second through fifth okay second um, yeah. throughout like you know we we switched um, classes as you know was needed. as needed so, yeah um, I worked as a child care worker at an emergency shelter for displaced kids worked with kids with behavioral issues kids that were abused etc cetera, etc cetera. they needed some place to go so I worked there for a while I worked as a therapeutic um, staff support for children with behavior issues or who needed help acclimating to unfamiliar environments. Um, I worked with them in their home, in their community, in the school settings. And so, you know, I worked with many kids with behavioral issues. And then um, I also worked as a youth development aide as well as a youth development counselor for adjudicate youth at Louisville Youth Development Center. So I have a lot of experience working with kids Right. And over the years, I've been, you know, trained with dealing with different types of kids, different kind of behaviors, different diagnoses and how to, you know, um, engage them, um, different tactics for discipline and consequences and more so consequences than discipline because they're not my kids. But <laughs> um, and all of those things impact the way that I that I parent. My background has made me more conscious and aware of the importance of structure, consequences, and boundaries. Um, but as a result, I think that I tend to, well, as a result, I tend to be more the disciplinarian uh, of the two of us. Yes, you are. Um, That's definitely for sure. because of my experience, I know that there are times when I feel like maybe I'm being too hard. And so I, I try to make sure that in what I do, I'm balanced. So there are times when I think I might be going too hard. I'll kind of sit my, I don't want to say sit myself out, but like I'll be thinking consciously about, you know, my actions or how I've interacted with them. Um, and, you know, whether or not I was being fair or whether I was being, um, I don't want to say appropriate, but. Like reasonable. Yeah. Yes. Good. That was a good one. So um, that's that's my background, and I will let you explain yours, and then we can go into what that looks like. In reality. Yeah. yeah. So my background is nothing like yours. Um, I don't really, I mean, in terms of my parents were married until I was 10, um, and then they got divorced, and I had my grandparents, though, to see what it was like in terms of co-parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of took over that role for me very early on. And so even though um, they weren't my parents, they did raise me pretty much as their own. Um, so I did grow up, especially once I got to high school and um, in college and adulthood in a two-parent household being as though I lived with my grandparents. Um, and that was about the extent of me... Well, I had family and church members and stuff like that. But in terms of actual children, it was not until I had my own child that I was introduced to parenthood. Um, Everybody around me was really like a lot older than I am. My brother and my sister are 
years ahead of me. Um, and my little brother and my little sister are years younger than me. So I grew up pretty much by myself in terms of interaction with kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing with my cousins. All my cousins are either significantly older than me or significantly younger than me. Um, so I grew up really by myself. And yeah, I had zero experience with children until I had my own child. I had never even changed a diaper so until I had my own child. How did that how did that play into when you did have a child? Like what did you pull from to um, as tools to to parent? I, okay, so I think I pulled my grandmother's nurturing spirit. Um, and that was kind of how I directed my parent, my parenting style. Um, because I didn't have any experience, she was like my own little human. I mean, she was really like my little baby doll. Wherever I went, she went. I always had her with me. Um, and I kind of just took her as my own. And really just gave her, like, my main focal point was all the love in the world, which we can probably talk about for a little bit. Could have been a little bit to the detriment of her because I gave her literally everything plus a lot of what she didn't even need in terms of stuff and things like that. But I think for me, um, I grew up with a lot of cousins. I grew up... Um, With the, I grew up in the second generation of cousins, but I was the oldest of that of, of them. Right. And so you grew up with a lot of people around you. Right. And we were close, so like I always had that. Not that I was their parent, but I always had that. I want kids, and so I that I guess closeness, and I mean I did that. <laughs> Juju, I, I did. I changed his diapers. I I, I changed younger, you know, right. cousins' diapers. And, and so I never had that. I had that. And, I mean, that didn't really play too much. But that was... But it gives you a little insight, though, into yeah. what parenting looks like. Well, it... From, shoot. When I In was, terms of no, responsibility. No, I I I'll tell you what. I think, and I don't know why this memory stands out so much, but, like, I remember at 14... Praying that I would meet my wife early, because you so wanted that we could kids. start a family. Because I yeah. wanted, I wanted kids, and I wanted a career, and then I wanted kids. You wanted kids. You wanted a marriage and kids very early. Yeah, yeah. So, one of the things that I would say, um, in terms of our of how we parent our our children some of the strengths that I see in you, um, I think you already mentioned that you are very nurturing and that you are very much uh, mama bear. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're very loving, you're very caring, you're, you go the extra mile and you make sure that every need is met, everybody has what they need, even if that means that you put yourself last. Um, and um, I think that you just go over and, ab over and above. And um, 
you do a really great job, I think, of being prepared. Mm. Um, and not just, you know, just forward thinking, but more so just like the kids always have at least more than one outfit. Um, snacks, lunches. I mean, anytime somebody has to babysit our kids, like they're set. Everything is is like there's no guesswork. Everything right. is conveniently located. <laughs> what do you call it? My finished. my paper. What Keith's extra schedule oh, or something um, like that. Um, I write everything out, including like their daily schedule and times of when. To give them what and what to give them and how often they do this and X, Y, and Z. And it's literally foolproof, I feel like. And then you call multiple times. And then I call multiple times to check in. So I think that that you do have a lot of strengths that help co-parenting be easy. And, um, you know, I, I think that it really shows anytime... There's a need. They skip me. They completely bypass me <laughs> and ask you for help. We could be standing next to each other. You're the first one they see. Hey, uh, I don't know. No complaints. <laughs> it's not my You're brother. okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I mean, I see in you definitely um, the caretaker in terms of I think you're just as much of a caretaker in general, actually, now that I think about it out loud. Like, you are the one that, you know, Miley and her bloody nose noses and stuff. She goes to you first. Like, they call daddy. If anything is, you know, they're hurt or anything like that, they go to you first. Or um, you're the one who wakes up in the middle of the night with them. And I actually thought about that the other day. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You could be exhausted and you just get up and you go and you help them and I roll over (laughs) and go smooth back to sleep. And it's just like that's so unique because I feel like I see often where there's moms who talk about how, you know, their husband will sleep through anything and they're the ones getting up at night or um, you're the one who puts them to bed at night. And by putting them to bed, it's literally... Every step of the way. I mean, I give them hugs. I give them kisses. I may put out their pajamas, but you do bath and prayer and get them dressed and you really do the entire thing. So I I truly believe you're just as much of a caregiver um, as I am. But I think for them, you go the extra mile, you know, um, even in terms of working, the amount of hours in a day that you work just to make sure that they are okay, and that I can get them everything that they need and that they are taken care of. It just shows how much you love and care for them because, I mean, most days, correct me if I'm wrong, you're utterly exhausted. Oh, yeah. Um, But you never complain about it. You don't even really show us that you're exhausted. Um, Except for when I'm passed out on the couch. Right, and in that point, (laughs) then everybody knows, leave daddy alone, daddy's trying to take a quick nap. But... um, yeah, in that regard. And you're definitely probably, and they would probably agree, the more fun of course. parent than I am. I <laughs> They're like, let's go outside and play. Ask your dad, because I hate grass. And <laughs> you're the one to get down on the ground with them and play with them for forever and color with them and do all the crafts and stuff like that. 
So I definitely, I mean, I think in general, though, in terms of our parenting, God definitely knew what he was doing and he made us the perfect balance. Because just like I said, I hate grass and our kids love to play outside. And if you hated grass too, that'd be a really sad story. But <laughs> you love to be outside too and riding bikes and I all like that snow, stuff. Though. No, you don't like snow. I will take them out in the snow. That is my thing. Snow is my thing. Any other time outside of snow is yours. But yeah, I definitely think that we both have, I think we have the same strengths. They just come off in different ways. Except for like the, maybe having everything put together all the time. Well, you know. That's just my nature though. It just makes me feel better if I know that everything, especially if we're like traveling without them, which is, we didn't do that for the first time up until a couple months ago. But it just made me feel much better to know that everything was there and that our amazing, I don't even want to call her our babysitter. She's really like, well, they really, she really is family. Mm-hmm. Um, but to know that she didn't have to worry about anything just makes me feel better. Because we have a lot of kids. Yeah. And they have very different personalities. Oh, my goodness. That's something. <laughs> Somebody should write a parenting manual. Like, you know. And then the craziest thing with our kids is is not only do they have completely different personalities, but then they have the nerve to look alike. So you think that they may... <laughs> They may be alike because they all look alike. But when you get to know them, they are nothing alike. Well, one thing's for sure. They're, they're never short on energy. Um, I mean, with Steven and Kylan, at their age, it's just a different kind of energy. But it's a very similar sound. Everybody talks on all caps. Everybody in the house is loud. I don't understand why. I don't understand how that's possible. Now, I mean, I, I like to talk. You probably like to talk more than I do, but yeah, I think they all got it to be. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially Steven. Yes, that's our child that can out talk talkers. Yeah, yeah. And just, I just sometimes I marvel at the things that just, and he's, he's so fluid with it. I mean, he literally can go from one subject to the next and just flow through it. Like you don't even realize that the boys moved on to something else. And my, I think my favorite though, is when you're like, you ask me how my day is. <laughs> yeah, too, Cause he's not going to ask you how your day is. He so just wants to tell you talk everything about, everything about him. And the moment you say something and praise him. Yeah, I know. they all have such bold personalities did you expect that did you expect all of our children to have such bold personalities told you it's a huge trait speaking of the huge trait i was not ready for that trait i am a very chilled i think by nature i like to read i like to be in silence I just like to be in my own little space. And then our children, they start off like that. Each one of them is very chilled when they're a baby. They don't cry a whole lot. They they don't require a lot. They're just very chilled. And then it's like they learn how to crawl, and that is it. They're just like, Mom, that was cool. 
but now you're going to meet the real personality that I've had, except for Layla. Poor Layla. We thought she was just going to be the quiet kid and child couldn't even hear. That's a whole different story. (laughs) (laughs) But even then, the moment she got her tubes, that kid became a whole different person. And then they just get these very bold, loud, in-your-face personalities. And I love it. I love that each one of them is that. I'm just waiting for what God has in store for each one of them because they're all so dominant. I'm just excited to see what it is that they'll be able to do with it. Yeah. You got to keep those fingers in check. Yeah. So some of the things that we, (laughs) some of the methods that we use, I think, for um, discipline. And one of the things that, you know, we train, especially as a, a TSS, is to start at basically the bottom as the you know the least um, intrusive, um, and you know that's the nonverbal. So a lot of time, um, I'll use nonverbals, facial, you know, um, gestures and um, different things that I don't have to actually say anything, and for the most part, it works for you. For me, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work with for me. everybody with the exception of, of Layla. Layla. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say Layla. Yeah, there's a lot of things that don't work with that baby girl. And so... She's our one that just threw us for a loop. I think every family has that one child, though. You were probably that one for your family. I don't know. Uh, I bet you if I'm we ask your mom... Know. You lit a mattress well, I mean, on I, fire. Yeah, You're probably that one. <laughs> I definitely had moments. <laughs> I definitely had moments. You were definitely probably that one, yeah. But, but I think even the methods, though, even as we get into them, each parent may not be good at that method. Like, I can give our kids faces, and they're like, Mommy, what happened to your face? I don't... <laughs> like, they don't, they don't read my cues, but you can give them a face or a point of the finger or something, you know, to tell them that they need to go to a certain direction or something like that. And they immediately follow. I can point them to go upstairs and they're just like, but mommy, but mommy, but mommy. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. And that's usually when I step in and then I have to use verbal thoughts and I use calm, even kill, you know, tone. And I just give them the instruction that I want and I give them, you know, with enough detail that they should be able to to follow the instructions. Right. Um, and that... How does that work for you? Doesn't. Verbal prompts don't work for me. I'm very sorry to hear that. You know that they don't work for me, though. Like, I can give them a verbal prompt and a calm, quiet, you know, very monotone voice stern and they're just like huh okay and oftentimes that is when you have to come in and you say it and they're just like yes daddy okay well, daddy. that's when i escalate things typically and then and by I escalate we just mean the tone tone i use yeah. I, I use a high but see what i do what what works for me is i i get their attention i give them their their instruction or what i want them to do and then I bring my tone back down, and then I give them thorough instruction. And so, I mean, that's, again, that's what works for me for the most part. 
with most everybody, except for Layla. Sometimes. Not every time. She's I, actually I getting really that, cool as she gets older, though. She's picking up on the prompts much better than she was maybe a year ago. Yeah. But I think for me, tone has been something that I've been working on for the past year because I used to just go from zero to 60, like, y'all aren't going to listen to me. Let me just raise my octave, and then maybe you'll think I'm crazy enough to follow the direction. It doesn't work because... But it does not work. When you go from zero to 60, that's the baseline. There's really nowhere else. There's Well, there's very little room to go from there. Right. And just like anything, you become desensitized to it. So if you don't give graded steps you know from from the least restrictive to the most restrictive then you're i mean it's kind of a a recipe for disaster you don't really have as much wiggle room to to maneuver and and get the desired result from your kid right and i would absolutely agree and that is why i started praying about it well over a year ago um how could i reach my children um, without having to raise my voice and really capture their attention without feeling like I was crazy. Because that's that's draining, too, is to constantly feel like the only way that you can get your children's attention in terms of any type of parenting is by raising your voice. It was draining on me. I feel like it was draining on them. And they weren't listening to me anyway. Because like you said, they had gotten so used to it, they were just like, no, nah, lady's just yelling again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're not really paying attention to me. So I think it's the ne- the next one that we have is what works for me the best is proximity and getting on their level. Right. So for me to bend down and to look at them face to face and look them directly in their eyes, that is what captures their attention best for me. Yeah. And that's when they follow whatever the command is that I've asked them to do. Now on days when they skip naps... And they are just all over the place. We actually do use timeout, but timeout comes pretty quick. That's that's one of those early um, tactics that we use because um, I don't know. It's almost as much of a punishment for us as it is for them. Right. Timeouts are never my favorite, or like I don't mind them. It's just that I don't want to forget that they're in timeout. <laughs> Yeah, you actually put a timer on your phone because there has been times where I'm like, Marcus, um, do you know you still have them sitting on the stairs? Oh, oh, y'all can get up now. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I've noticed that, that you put a timer Time on your phone. Like a, like a prison sentence. <laughs> and they don't even say anything. They just sit there. Like me as a kid, I would have been like, excuse me, can we get up now? They're just like, well, daddy said sit here. So now I'm just going to sit here. But I did notice that you do put timers on your phone, so you remember our children, so thank you for that. <laughs> so then... Timeouts are not... We don't really use them. I feel like the only time we really I have use to use... often. I know, but I feel like the only time we absolutely have to use a timeout, though, is when we've given them all the other prompts, like, once or twice before and they haven't followed. And now you're at the point where, like, you clearly are not paying attention to what I said, I looked at you, I told you, you responded as if you heard it, and then you went right back to doing what you're doing, so now you need to take a break from what you're doing and go think about what it is. Well, the one thing about a timeout for me is it doesn't have to be a form of discipline. It might just be that they need time 
to themselves. Right. So if, if I see that they're agitated, I make sure to let them know, listen, you're not in trouble, but I don't want you to get in trouble. So why don't you take a couple minutes, sit on the stairs? So that is an instruction to take a time out, but I don't necessarily give them a time frame that they need to be there. They can come back when they're ready to take control of their actions. Right. Which I think is really helpful because as children, sometimes, especially with our kids, I mean, it's twofold. One, they've been in the house since March Mm -hmm. and I don't think they've ever spent this much time together all the time. Right. And then two, especially with our two little girls, they're only two years apart and they spend a lot of the day together down to, they sleep on bunk beds. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, Every once in a while, we do find that they just begin to, I don't want to say intentionally annoy each other, but they do get to that point. And I do think that it is helpful to stop them in their tracks and have them take a pause and think about what they're doing before they actually do something to get themselves in trouble. Right. Yeah. So I would agree with you. A timeout doesn't necessarily mean you are in trouble, but your actions are showing us that you're heading that way. And we're trying to prevent that from happening. Right. Yeah. The Oh, my goodness. Loss of privilege is the worst. And it's not even, I feel like it's awful for them, but it's really bad for us. Like, you didn't do X, Y, and Z today, so now your tablet's mine. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I think it's, or you can't watch your favorite TV show today or, you know, something. I don't know. Um, We don't use food as a means of discipline. I don't believe in that. I know some people will be like, you can't have dessert today or you can't have whatever. I don't believe in food as a source of discipline. Um, Oh, I take away dessert. It hasn't really happened. Yeah, we don't really, really, no. But you're not going to behave any type of way and then have ice cream. (laughs) <laughs> I thought you meant like 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 dinner. I was thinking, oh my gosh, who are you? <laughs> That's oh my goodness. Do people do that? Is that even legal? Could you even do that? No, I feel it's like not legal. I feel like people probably do that. That does sound like abuse. But we don't really have like dessert all the time. Anytime. Oh my gosh, no, I'm not taking away dinner. But something that they, I don't know. I know people do that though, where they like you can't have your favorite snack or something like that. I don't know. I feel like we don't really do that. We don't really have to do it, but we can't. We can barely eat anything to begin with. Not out of. Not off the table. Oh well, we never do it. But loss of privilege, though, I think is harder as they get older. Like right now, our kids just got their tablets. You know, they just got tablets, and it's like they really only have like an hour to play on it. So it's not really a big deal. I mean, it is. But it's not awful if they lose it. It's the middle schoolers. If you take something away from them, it's heartache. And you can see the crushing, like, it's just, it's crushing for them and it's crushing for me too. Because I'm like, oh, man. Well. But you have to do it. Because you do have to, every yeah, age, if, you, if you do things differently. The case, then they've, they've, they've earned that. Because one of the things, and it's not on the list, is like extra chores. Those I'm surprised the, that's not on the, the list. That's a big one for that's, us. That's one of the first, the S, well, not one of the first things, but that's definitely, it's before loss of privilege. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't. 
yeah, extra chores is definitely what we do before they lose a privilege because who wants to clean all the bathrooms plus the entire kitchen plus vacuum and whatever else I didn't feel like doing that day (laughs) because that's really how I pull it out. Like, oh, these are the things that I need to do today. And because you wanted to act the way that you wanted to act, now you get to do it. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, there's a specific way that we know that it needs to be done. And so I think that's one of the things that we do. And if you choose not to do it, so if you have to load the dishwasher, you choose not to rinse off the dishes and try to throw them all in there and try to wash it and they come out dirty again, now you get to hand wash all the dishes. Yeah. Man, that's tough when you think about it. it <laughs> Never is, said it out loud. Huh? It is what it is. I, I feel like we get, well, no, I'll say you give the kids a lot of leeway. I do. And so if, if something comes to me, I'm, I'm not going straight up the ladder, but it's going to go up faster than than if you know you were dealing with it right but I think the kids know that too like if if I get to that point I'm like okay we need to go talk to daddy now because I've tried to talk to you I've given you redirection I've given you the instruction and you're still choosing to behave like this and now daddy needs to be involved then their whole worlds are like oh my gosh like then the tears flood I'm like but you had all this time because they know that you will as the main really disciplinarian in our home you like their consequence will be much harsher not in a like bad way but it'll be harsher than if they would have just listened than if they would have just did whatever it is that i told them to do what it is and and i'm i'm okay with that i think that i mean like i said i've worked with kids um in many different places in life um many different backgrounds and all of that. And so I see, understanding that their background is not necessarily our children's background, but I see what happens when you don't have the structure, when you don't have the discipline, when you don't have the rules set in place. Um, and so for that reason, I'm quite all right with, you know, discipline. And, you know, as a last means of, of you know, making sure that they do what they need to do. Spanking is not off the table in this household. Um, so no, but it doesn't ha- happen very often. No, no, we don't have to do that too much. Um, we really do have great kids. We do, their, absolutely. Their they've personalities made... Personalities are really dynamic. Yeah, and they, I think they've made parenting... Easy. M- very easy. I mean, I think people say it all the time, like, your kids are so well-behaved. I'm like, yes. Even last week when I took... I forget who I took to the doctors, Mm -hmm. one of those little kids. But (laughs) I remember the doctor just, oh, my goodness, it was Lay. She was like, she's so well behaved. Are all your kids like this? And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they are. (laughs) Yeah, they are. I mean, we've been out to dinner, and people have said that to us and things like that. So um, the one thing, though, right before, because we are getting ready to end, but all of this was learned over time, I think, we never sat down and was like, these are all the methods that we're going to use, do we? Or this is how we're going to parent our children. I don't know if you did. I did. 
We sat down and had a conversation about it? Am I just not remembering it? Oh, you're I saying individually get, you sat down I and was like, this is how I'm going to pay. I parent. Because uh, for me, there was no way that I was going to allow my children to be anything outside of who I know that they could be. Yes. Um, that I do remember. And so I think for that reason, I explained it because there were times where we didn't agree on some of the discipline. And, you know, there's certain things that I'm very, I'm very laid back. So if there's something that I don't care very much about, I will yield. And, you know, that's, that's that. Right. But there are certain things that if I stand resolutely on and like it's just one of those things that I'm not moving. That's that's where I, I that's where I hang my flag. That's where I stick my flag. Right. And so that was one of the things, discipline wise. I'm I'm not budging now. Like I said earlier, it's one of those things where I'm constantly evaluating how I'm doing as a parent, but then also how I'm doing in terms of um, is is my discipline. Am I balancing that or if I'm doing, if I'm, am I being more of a disciplinarian as I am interacting with them in a positive way? Okay. Am, or is it, do I feel like the discipline that I'm giving is too severe? And if so, then I, I back up. Or if, if I feel like maybe all I'm doing is giving instruction or redirections rather because they're not, then I need to be more engaging. That could be a cry for attention and so I, I'm always trying to be in the moment to see what I can do to um, help this situation regarding their, their um, interactions with one another, interactions responding to commands with us, and just trying to figure out, you know, how can I do something, how can I do this better, how can I explain it to them better, how can I... Because if it doesn't make sense to me, then I'm I'm just at a loss. Right. But and then honestly, I think another thing that well, there's two things that I think that we do in terms of parenting our children is even in these methods that we use, we always end in love. We always yeah. tell them that we love them. Yeah. We always encourage them that even though what happened just now may not be um the best that they could have given us, but that we know that they can, you know, they are amazing children. We always amplify them. Um, and we end with hugs and, you know, really just letting them know that this is something that we have, that we're doing because we love you. Right. Um, not because we're angry with you or not because, you know, you're a bad kid or anything like that. Um, which I think is very powerful. And I don't know, is that something that you had when you were growing up? Or do you feel like this is something that because of your um, of your background that you've made important? Because I feel like you were the one who instilled that and has made sure that that happens every time. I think that it was something that I came up with. Um, I shouldn't say came up with it. What I mean to say is I grew up with. Okay. Um, my mom was very nurturing, but she was 
also the only parent, so um, she was also the disciplinarian. Now, let her tell it. She ain't never beat us. But listen, my, <laughs> my brother and I have stories. <laughs> but we always knew that she loved us. And right. she always went way out of her way to make moments special and to let us know that, you know, that we were special to her. So it wasn't anything that I had to come up with because there was a lack. It was just, you know... Um, one of those things that I think came naturally. And, you know, being unique with, um, like I said, the training, my, my, my background in terms of, you know, working with kids, that just reinforced a lot of other things that I saw and just added that, you know, those things to my tool belt. Right. I, I mean, that's one of the things that I absolutely love because I always find it, even if, they're upset because they've done something that they know that we don't approve of um, and our children could be crying. They will literally, we could talk to them and they could get a consequence for their actions and they could be crying and then come directly to us for a hug and want to cuddle with you as they're crying because they just got disciplined. And I, right, right. And that's what I was going to say. That's when I feel like, the way that we're doing it is the right way because they don't see us as these. It's, the, it's, it's what works best for us. Right. That's what works best for our family. Right. I think that. And well, we don't even have to discipline very often. They're very good at. Well, I don't want to say we don't have to discipline, but we don't have to go hands on per se. No, but I mean, it's redirecting. more. I was going to say that, that you just took the words right then, out of my mouth. Like, every stage of that whether it's redirecting or, or discipline, like it comes with an explanation. So they're never left wondering what they did wrong or why they're in trouble. And a lot of times I ask them first, you know, why, are you, why, why do you have this consequence? What, why are you in timeout? Or why do we have to take this from you? Or why, whatever the case is. And they oftentimes know. And then I just go into further detail and explain to them why it is that, you know, this is the case. And so over time, I think that it, it becomes easier. They learn and less and less intervention is necessary. So, you know, and I think as they get older, how you, the methods that you use will change. Right. Um, So that's, that's kind of uh, what we have for you in terms of um, parenting. So, do you have any nuggets of knowledge that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, for me, I it would definitely be be flexible as a parent. Um, I think the one thing that we have learned, especially having children, like right now we have children in like every age group other than a high schooler. We have middle schoolers, we have an elementary, we have a preschooler, and we have a baby. And so every child has to be parented differently. One, because of their age and where they are, but also because each one of them has a different personality. And so, um, you know, where one, it works if you take something away from them. Another one, maybe they need an immediate consequence because that's what works best for them. Um, But even outside of consequences, we have children who need more individual time, um, And because of their age, you know, like our oldest daughter right now, really, I, you know, obviously we can't really go too many places because it's a pandemic, but if I'm going to pick up the groceries, 
um, I have her ride with me wherever we're going because she really needs that one-on-one mom, let's talk time where the little girls are more so, mom, I just want to play with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you have to know where your children are and what their needs are and then constantly be able to be flexible to what it is that they need. Because again, what works for them when they're five years old will not work when they're 11 or I'm assuming when they're 18 or when they're an adult. Yeah. Or a baby who just needs our son just as long as I give him milk and stuff, he's cool. He uh, he don't need me for nothing else right now. <laughs> and hugs when he wants hugs because he's all about daddy. So, you know, like that, you just have to be flexible and know, you know, what your children need in that moment and be able to be that for them at that time. Okay. So I was thinking... And like, I think I had one and then I just like threw it out the window. Oh. But um, <laughs> if I had to leave you guys with some nugget of knowledge, it would be to um, think about how God loves us, how he's patient with us, how he's merciful to us, how he disciplines us, but the goal is to come back to him. The goal is to be obedient and to, you know, honor him by how we live. So, you know, I think about, I think about how, um, you know, if what I'm doing lines up with how God loves us, how he parents us, how he um, disciplines us. And so, you know, my, Um, I guess my advice would be more or less to, you know, just always be thinking about the Father's love and what that looks like and to do that in your own household. Um, But we'd really, really like to hear about your experience as a parent and, you know, what you thought of this episode. Keith and I have different parenting styles, but we do well to allow one another to take lead in the areas where we are strong and yield where we are not so strong. Um, We complement each other and we work together to make things work well in our family. So please, if you will, go to our Facebook page, Hughes of Love, and tell us what you and your spouse, what your parenting styles are and how you make it work for your family and sharing in any advice that you might think would be a benefit to um, us or, you know, the other listeners. So don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And thank you for listening. And until next time, keep keep on on loving. loving.